Mustafa, nice to have you on the show. Welcome to Drinks with Shan. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be a guest on your show, Shan. Okay, so let's get the show on the road. I have to ask because I think you have a very interesting background. From chiropractor to actor, how did that happen? Um, I think a lot of people they always wonder like what happened between chiropractors one end of the spectrum and the performing arts on the other side. I think for me it was always a passion since since I was a kid. Uh, performing, acting, and just performing in stage plays at school. Even at my madrasa, we had our little performances that we had to uh, perform, and that always was something that I enjoyed. So I never saw it as something that I could pursue as a career. I mean, given the fact that we live in a community where people don't actually promote that kind of thing. I mean, you always think that running a business, becoming a lawyer, becoming a doctor, that's the way to go moving a lot of us, we tend to neglect what our true passion is. So after a few years of studying chiropractic, I had this epiphany and the realization that if you're going to do something for the rest of your life, it should be something that you enjoy. So I took a leap of faith and it wasn't acting that was the career choice that I chose. It was more of the filmmaking side. So I started studying um, motion picture production at Damlin, and uh, that was my introduction to the industry. Um, I, was having, I had a, a part-time job while I was studying, and that was helping me pay for my fees, buying books on filmmaking, producing, directing. But acting was the least or the last thing on my mind. Um, so how did I get into acting? Well, I think it was fate. Uh, the universe sort of pushes you in the direction where you're meant to be in. So I was going through sort of like a rough patch in 2014, and um, I was called by an agent in Durban to to uh, that told me that there is a audition for um, a TV show. So I didn't think much of it. So I just said, let me just try it out. I've done a few auditions before. Um, going through some sort of trouble in my life, some depression, and I was like, I need to find a way to just take my mind off things. So I prepared for the role. It was something that I had to prepare an uh, Arab accent. So I researched a movie called Zero Dark Thirty, um, and I uh, sort of picked up on the accent. And I was, I think I was getting the flu at the time as well. So I was driving to the Blue Waters Hotel at the beachfront. And I was preparing for the role. I had some sides, which sides are a piece of the script uh, that you had to learn your dialogue. So I get there, and uh, Sasha from Gobi Productions, she's like, "Okay, you ready? Uh, you're gonna go in a in a few. She gives me a number. Uh, I meet other people within the industry as well, and then I get into the audition. Um, my mind is all over the place. I'm worrying about remembering the lines, about my life, some other issues, and then I just like just switched and I gave a good performance, I thought, but the casting director thought I gave a great performance. And wow. uh, yeah, little did I know who the casting director was. Um, She's asking me like, have you ever grown a beard before? I was like, no. And I didn't have any intention of growing a beard till I was like <laughs> after 40. So she's like, grow a beard and uh, we'll probably see you again. So I was like, oh, okay. That's that sounds cool. 
So doing my research, I find that this is the biggest casting director in the country, Moonyin Lee from MLA in Johannesburg, from Moonyin Lee and Associates. And uh, to get some sort of praise from her was an honor because I'm sure she sees a lot of um, auditions and people auditioning for roles for both local and international productions. Um, so I didn't even know what show I was auditioning for. And then I have a call back, which means that um, you have to record another scene and um, just give another performance. And I went through that phase and I did it again. And then I get a call that, uh, congratulations, you got the part. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I was like, what, what role did I get? They were like, you got a role in Homeland. So I'm like, Homeland? That sounds very familiar. So I Google it, and I'm like, whoa, this is an American TV series, and they're shooting it in Cape Town, season four, and it has Hollywood uh, actors in there, Claire Danes, um, Rupert Friend, um, various, uh, Suraj Sharma from Life of Pi, and numerous other actors from, you know, from different parts of the world all coming into one series. So I was learning more about the industry that way, from not from a behind-the-scenes kind of, way but being in front of the camera and I was a bit nervous but I was like okay I, I accept this challenge so let's see where it takes me and the next thing you know I'm on a plane to Cape Town and they book us into a hotel and I get to meet some other local talent and most importantly I meet the international talent and it sort of like restored my faith into where I'm headed in life because I was on the verge of giving up and saying you know I have no it doesn't look like I have any uh, future in film or, or the industry itself. And this was sort of like a reminder from the universe saying, you know what, don't give up yet. Let me show you what you actually took that leap of faith for. And it was something that I really cherished. It was a moment in my life where I really appreciated the Almighty even more because um, something like that that happens is sort of like a, you know, it's sort of like a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. And then from there, so many other avenues opened up. I learned so much more about the industry, about myself about the craft and uh, yeah, I've got other roles. I did some uh, local TV series and local movies. I did some presenting on television as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it didn't stop there. And my, my passion and my love for the industry is something that I appreciate. And now I'm at a point where I'm giving back to people, which you will talk a bit later on in the interview. So that's just a bit of background information of how I got sort of thrown into acting, Shan. I'm actually blown away by what you said. So this was like your first big role, right? Into the industry. Yeah, it wasn't, got even it, a, yeah it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a small role. I did like short films before where I acted in my own short film, but very minimal, just to fill up those, those characters that I wrote up because... Uh, some individuals, they couldn't make it for the part, so I had to fill in those gaps. But it wasn't something that I, I looked into for a career path. And, um, yeah, so I think, you know, if, if, if the universe knows what you're capable of, the opportunities will present itself. And I guess I was thrown in the deep end. Uh, it was sort of like a very conflicting sort of situation where there's a whole conflict of emotions where I was elated, but also in the same time depressed because I was going through a very bad breakup. Um, so it was very, very confusing. But 
at the end of the day, I, I saw my eye was on the goal of saying, you know what, um, I'm here for a reason. There's a bigger purpose to it. And I just got to put my, my faith and trust in the almighty and the universe. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's incredible. Cause I know of so many people that would die to have the opportunity that you did the first time around. And yeah. we all know that, of course, you know, in South Africa, it's, it's still a growing industry. So it's not really easy to break into it. And there's a lot of struggling actors. And as you mentioned, you did short films in the beginning, mm -hmm. which I know a lot of actors or want to be actors get in that mm -hmm. space before they start doing big auditions. Mm -hmm. So well done to you and congratulations for landing that role in Homeland. Thank but you we'll so chat a little bit more about that later. Sure. I just want to chat about you as a person because you are quite a busy body. Like you're a radio presenter, you're a voiceover artist, you're an actor. You know, as you said, you love being behind the camera and you're a teacher as well. So we can chat about that in a bit. Mm -hmm. But I want to find out what's a typical day for Zahir and how do you manage to multitask all these roles and manage your time effectively? Oh, well, one thing is, I'm very bad at time management and the multitasking is like not the word to associate me with. Really? Yeah, I think I think it's more, I think a lot of people will say, oh, he's a jack of all trades, master of none. I think for each person is very different. Um, I'm the type of person that I get bored very quickly. So I can't just focus on one thing and just keep on doing that. I just get very bored. So I need to channel those energies into different ways, but it's all under the same umbrella. So it's under the entertainment industry. So like you said, I, I, I do radio presenting, I've done TV presenting, I've done acting on television, film and stage. I do uh, voice acting, I do voiceovers. And last year I got into teaching because I feel that everything that you've gained, I've gained rather through my experiences uh, in the industry, I wish that I had that sort of knowledge way beforehand. And mm -hmm. when it comes to it comes to Durban itself, you if you think about Durban's film or television industry, it isn't as Cape Town or Johannesburg, right? I mean, everyone says if you're getting into the industry, you got to move to Cape Town or Joburg to get work. Mm -hmm. I I I also whenever I heard that, I was like, no, I have faith in Durban that something is going to come. Now I started studying this. Uh, I started studying motion picture production in 2009, where there was absolutely no industry in Durban at that time. So I was like, "Do I move? Do I not move? Um, where will my, my my path lead me to?" And then slowly over the years went by. I think it was just a few years ago that the KZN Film Commission uh, started up in KZN, and the the industry in Durban started flourishing very slowly, but it started it started somewhere. And then more opportunities start presenting itself. There was a new hit show called Uzalo on SABC One, which is currently the number one uh, most viewed show in the country at the moment. They're shooting that in Kwamashu in the KZN province. I was wow. uh, on there about 10, about 10 episodes just when they started season one. Uh, so that was quite a, quite a nice one for me doing being in a local production um, and given a much more extensive role over, over a nice long period of time. 
And then um, there was other opportunities that presented itself. Um, there's a local movie that I was in called Deep End, as well as Three Days to Go, small roles, which I appreciate. But like they say, you know, there's no such thing as small uh, roles, only small actors. So it's how you embrace the role and give mm. the performance of a lifetime. So mm. even if it's like a few lines, I don't see it as, oh, it's a small role. I feel it. Like, let me see what I can do with this. You know, as an actor, yeah. it is, it's, your, it's your duty to shine. So all these experiences led up to a point where I know now, I wish I knew now what I, I'm sorry, I wish I knew then what I know now. Mm. And I'm sure a lot of people will feel the same way. So, as I said, fate comes into play. I always wanted to, uh, to start acting classes where either I get somebody to teach acting among students with a certain syllabus made, or even I wouldn't have mind teaching, but I didn't have that sort of um, knack for, for imparting knowledge to another person. So over time, this concept came in 2016, and then over time, I started overcoming my stage fright believe it or not I still get stage fright in crowds wow I can't believe that <laughs> yeah no it's it's very very weird but I think um being on radio helps me get the flow of words coming out and especially when you, I've noticed when you're passionate about something and you're knowledgeable about something as about a certain craft or a certain profession you have the words just come out by itself it just flows so I, I did a test run. So I partnered up with Models International, which is a modeling agency here in Durban. And I met the owner and she was like, she wants to get into uh, the acting division because she, she feels that her beautiful talent that she has on her books also have the talent to perform in front of the camera. So I said, okay, I have this concept that I've been, it's been playing my mind for a few years. Maybe we can sort of revive it. So we had a meeting and I discussed, I want to start acting classes. Perhaps I can educate and teach your, 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 your models on your books, uh, how to act in front of a camera, how to go for an audition to learn about the industry. So she said, okay, let's see where this takes us. So I taught one of her classes, sort of like a mock kind of lesson. And mm. surprisingly, I could speak in front of an audience. <laughs> Um, and actually in front of people who had an interest in what I was talking about. And sort of when I left there, I was like on a high. I was like, okay, I can actually do this. So I put my head down and I was like, okay, maybe I should form a syllabus that would be interesting. How would I do this? If I had to go to acting classes, what would I want to learn? And how would mm -hmm. I want to be taught it? So I formulated and I put a, I, I formulated three modules each module contains uh, six lessons, six Saturdays in a row. Um, and each module it gives you an introduction to acting and it sort of pro progresses over the, the different modules. But it starts off very, very um, simple, simply, and then it gets more intense a bit later. So today I had a class and I've got my module three class and I have an, a module one class and it's it's growing slowly. It just shows that, you know, there is an interest in the industry by people and they don't know which avenues to take to get there. So I've simplified my uh, uh, um, syllabus into three modules and the whole teaching factor is one of the most rewarding things that you can ever experience because everything that I've learned, I, fe I feel like it's, it's a bit selfish for you to just keep it and not help others um, get into the industry. And it's not just about teaching others, it's also providing them opportunities 
So I think a couple of my students, I got them roles in local productions, um, in a short film, in a feature film, and in TV series as well. So that's that's a that's a feeling that, and, and when they turn to you and they tell you, Chief or Sir, thank you so much for this opportunity, or I really enjoyed the class, I learned something about myself, I learned something about others as well. And that's what the whole um, energy is when you come to these classes, is that you don't just come there and you learn and you go home. You come there and you become a family with the people yeah. that, that you are with, you know? So, yeah, so that's me. That's a day. Uh, that's not a day. That's sort of like a lifetime of stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, just to give you just to give you a quick in and I Sorry, I digress there, but I'll give you a nutshell of what I do on a daily basis. Well, I'm also into photography and videography. Um, so I use that to my advantage now. Uh, as I said, watch this space. I told you before our interview. But uh, yeah, so I do radio. I do a radio show in the morning from Monday to Friday, from seven to nine a.m. It's a breakfast show. Um, I I do the news uh, midday report. Um, I also do some editing and some um, photography, editing for video and for photography. And then I also do a bit of writing, uh, and then formulate my lessons for my classes. Uh, and then I get the odd odd jobs here and there of freelancing for other businesses. Uh, in terms of uh, providing for them content for their website. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, various things. I think every every pie, as you can put it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I can imagine that you have an extremely busy day. I have to ask, what time do you get up? Um, well, during lockdown, it's a different story. I think lockdown <laughs> has changed a lot these days, uh, especially. Uh, but uh, let, let's talk pre-lockdown before we get into the lockdown part so a day like a day for me would be to be up at 4 a.m um and uh, i'll get ready by showering do my morning prayers and then i get ready for gym um i'm at gym at five and it opens i train till about half past six get my shower done go to work uh, make sure i'm at work for in time for the radio show and then i spend some time at the office and then I spend some time on the computer educating myself. YouTube nowadays is phenomenal. You get everything mm. and anything on the internet. And I think that's the best place to network with other individuals and learn about uh, uh, ways of uplifting yourself and others in the process as well. And then it's sort of like uh, spending time with the family, uh, focusing on your diet as well. Um, so there's a whole lot of factors that, you know, um, being an actor, you also have to look good at times. It's also <laughs> quite a quite a challenging uh, thing. And the nice part about uh, taking on different roles, which we'll talk about the certain roles that I have taken on uh, moving forward, uh, is that you know it's 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 sort of like a step out of your comfort zone, a step out of your own reality, and entering a whole new world altogether. You know, so that's the beauty of uh, the craft. I like to call it the performance craft because. Um, it's like, you know, it's just stepping out from what it's from your shoes into somebody else's shoes and doing justice uh, to what the writer wrote for you. So, uh, yeah, that's a day in uh, Sahir's life, I guess. <laughs> Talking about the craft, I know that there's a lot of work that goes into preparing a character. And as you mentioned now, let's talk a little bit about that. How do you prepare for a character like does it take weeks or months I know you also have to sometimes change your appearance but mm -hmm. what's it like 
I think I think um, the most challenging role that I've taken on was um, taking on the role of Yuvir Maharaj on the ETV series called Imbewo, which was uh, recently voted the most popular show at the South African Film and Television Awards, the SAFTAs. Um, so that's an honor to be a part of that uh, a TV show as well. Um, that was an ongoing character, which was originally just written for about 10 episodes as well. And the, the, the writers and the creative team, they actually enjoyed how I sort of brought that character to life. It was a very controversial role, um, but it was something that I think it had to be addressed at the time. Um, so for those who are not familiar with Mbeu, it's a, a story about these prominent families in KZN uh, working under this big company, this oil company called Maluju Oil. And there's um, sort of like a diverse sort of families that come together and you'll see the whole uh, a drama that uh, unfolds. The theme of the show is deception. So there's a lot of twists uh, along the way that you didn't see coming. So I, I, I salute the writers of the show and the creative team of the show and the cast and crew are fantastic people to work with. I mean, I've worked with the big names in the country, Leti Kumalo, um, Tony Horoch, who's appeared in a Clint Eastwood movie, Invictus. He's appeared in A Long Walk to Freedom um, and many other various international and local productions. So. You're learning from the best. You're being in the presence and you're acting with the best. So you have to bring your A-game to the table, mm. you know? So when it comes to harnessing and getting into character, it's sort of you have to dissect it. So this is the stuff that I teach my, my students as well. And one of the most common methods that you hear about in the acting world is method acting. That was stemmed from Konstantin Stanislavski. And okay. from there, they came the... Um, the American version or the American sort of uh, interpretation of method acting that was was brought back to America. You get Stella Adler, you get uh, Sanford Meisner, uh, the Meisner technique. Um, and there's one that always loses my mind. I can't remember the third one, but there is three different techniques. But there's so many various different ways of getting into character. Uh, and it's very demanding. I think my most demanding role was last year in November, where it was a short film and uh, it was under the direction and the, the, the writing of Mishka Partibal from uh, Keeping Up With The Kandasamis. Mm. So she wrote her first um, short film under the um, uh, Black Female Filmmakers um, Project. So it was something that I auditioned for and it was focused on a Muslim family, a husband and a wife and the husband's mother living under the same household and the mother-in-law pressures um, the son and the daughter to have a child. And there was a big secret that um, the son was hiding. And it was, it was demanding because you think, well, okay, it's a Muslim story. How challenging can it be? And uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on your show. That was the first time I actually, this is the first time I actually had to act out. I actually, actually had to do sex scenes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was very interesting. Um, uh, was it 
like what was it like uncomfortable uh no the the, the actress who played my wife was also a friend of mine Rizal Janik so she's uh, acted in Kings of Mulberry Street very 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 talented actress i must say uh so it was an honor to act alongside her and uh, it was very very nerve-wracking at first because there also was kissing scenes and then sex scenes as well but obviously nothing too I wouldn't say too hectic because if you think about it, reliving it in my head, it was a bit, uh, <laughs> it was a bit, uh, it was a bit raunchy. Um, but it was, it, it was, it like, was, it was, it was done very, like very tastefully. Five days. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Is it like, is it like three sixty-five days? <laughs> I haven't watched it as yet, but I've heard uh, great things from you. Um, you might yeah. even want to ask you if anything like Fifty Shades of Grey. We're going to go there. I think we'll have to wait for it to come out. I'm not too sure when it's going to be aired, but uh, apparently sometime this year on SABC. Let's just see. Um, yeah, it's, it makes me blush actually thinking about it. But uh, what's but, it yeah, called no, again? Uh, I can't actually remember the name of the. Oh, it was called Fruitful Emission. That was the name of the short story, short film. Sorry. Okay. Fruitful Emission. So it's not out. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it was. It's a short film. The Black Female Filmmakers Project, and uh, I think it's an annual thing. So yeah, okay. that was a that was a very interesting one. Um, very demanding because there was tear. There were scenes where I had to give up tears, very emotional scenes. So you have to be mentally prepared. So how I take it as you live in the moment, you live in that character's shoes, you're experiencing what that, that person would experience in that given situation. Um, so yeah, I think even though it was a short film, it was something that was very personal, very uh, emotional and uh, very engaging because it, it, it discussed issues that happen uh, in, in every community, but no one actually addresses it. So mm. my, yeah, so I, I, I take my hats off to Mishka for addressing the topic and um, writing something that was very, people would consider controversial, but if you actually look into it, it's something that needs to be addressed. And she did it in a very tasteful way. So I think she has a, a bright future, not only in acting, but also in filmmaking as well. Okay, so I have two questions around this. The first question, is it true that actors use eye drops to cry, to like fake the tears? How genuine is that? And the second one is, how many takes did you have to, well, how many takes did they take for the sex scene? Like, you couldn't have done it in one take, right? No, no, no. Okay, so let me ask, answer your first question. Do people, so they have um, this, it's, it's not eye drops per se, it's something that comes close to your eye, which they rub into your eyes like a liquid, and that stimulates your tear ducts, so you do cry uh, involuntary um, okay. in certain sense. I've seen that, but some actors, they are so good that they can they can cry on the spot. I think one of the things that, that I, can, I can speak of is on Homeland, there was this actress called Nazanin Boniadi. She's a very talented um, a British actress of Iranian descent. And uh, she had to cry every take. And they took about seven or eight takes. And each take, she could actually cry. 
And I was like wow. very impressed. I was very impressed with it. And she did it. She nailed it each time. Um, with the short film that I did, I also had to shed some tears. And that was done over five or six takes. And I must tell you something, Shan. It was physically, physically draining. Uh, Energy-wise, you have to start off as if you don't know what's going on. And the next thing gets emotional. And then you're, the, the, the woman who played my mother slaps me and there's guilt that goes and you have to relive from A to Z in four to five takes. Jeez. So, yeah. So that's quite hectic. Coming back to your second question with the sex scenes, um, there was a few takes, but Rosella and I discussed it like, let's, let's nail it on the first time if we can. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it, 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 it was a bit, I think it was a bit uh, um, nerve-breaking for both of us because like two friends and now you have to do passionate um, scenes together, which is, mm. yeah, it was very weird at first, but as professionals, we pulled it off and we had to do what we had to do. So, yeah. Have you ever taken a bit of a certain role into your personal life? I think I think every role that an actor portrays, you learn something from that character and you sort of put something into that character that sort of like is already exists within you or something that exists within your subconscious. That because uh, when you're researching for a role, you sort of take bits and pieces from other performances that you've seen. And something in your brain just tells you, okay, maybe you should do the role in this certain way. But you also have to pay respect to the writer and also get advice from the director. So as a professional actor, you have to take that initiative by not just reading the words verbatim and just being very robotic or mechanical. This is a very creative uh, profession whereby those who take it seriously know the craft, that they've been trained in a certain way and also, if you learn a certain way, like you get actors like Heath Ledger, for example, never went to acting school, ever. He just had this natural God-given talent because based on observation, you have to be observant of people, of your own emotions, what makes you tick, what makes the next person tick, how do, how do people react in a given situation, um, how do you react in a given situation as well. It's not just about acting, it's about reacting, you know? Mm. So it's not just about listening to what the next person is saying and then just acting out your part after they say something. It's about listening. And that's the most important part of an actor. You need to listen, understand what's being said, and react appropriately. So, um, yeah. Forgot your question there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you answered it, so we okay, can move cool. on. Right on. How do you manage to switch up from a character when you get back into the real world? Um, I think, you know, I think it was two years ago in in May. And so I was sort of getting into the character of Yuvir. And you're not, you, they don't reveal too much to you about the character. And it's so funny that they say that, you know, sometimes art imitates life. Now, let me just rewind about uh, two more years prior to 2018, 2016. My first stage play I did, it was called The Sands of Palestine. It was written by Yusuf Hafiji. He also wrote uh, a stage play called Bittersweet about the 1860 um, arrivals of Indians into South Africa. And um, 
So he wrote the story about what's happening in Palestine and Israel and the conflict that's going there. And it's about the story of a militant son and his father uh, going back to Israel to claim back the property. And they encounter uh, um, Israeli um, a soldier at a checkpoint. And part of that's, that experience was, is now you're not acting in front of camera, you're acting in front of a live audience. Mm. And that's, that's a whole different ballgame altogether, a whole different discipline. Because there's no more than one take and cut do the take. It's all one take. So you cannot, well, you must strive not to mess up. And even if you don't forget your lines, you have to cover it up. That's a sign of whatever, like those, that, those are the roots of a true actor. So I'm glad I got to experience that. But when it came to stepping into that role, into that shoes, it was so many familiar um, scenes that related to my life. The fact that you're forming this bond with your father and sort of the bond father sort of was estranged. And the fact that at the end of this play, the, 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 the climax of the scene was the father getting shot and dying in the arms of his son. And why I say this is because that's exactly what I experienced two years before, where my, oh, father, wow. di where my father died in my arms. So sometimes it's not about stepping out of a role and into, back into reality. Sometimes the role steps into your life to remind you about your reality. And it's happened numerous times, not only to me, too, but to many actors, where they say, the saying goes, where art imitates life. And it does. And I think those are moments which actually remind you that you are doing this and you're in this role or for a reason, there's something more to it than just lines on a paper or just acting out certain scenes. It's sort of like a very, very emotional uh, and very, very deep sense of characterization, if you can call it that. So mm. when it comes to stepping into one role and into another, you have to be able to compartmentalize your emotions which I teach my students that when you come into the studio and you perform, leave all your worries at the door. We don't need it. Leave them at the door. When you come here, this is your happy place. This is your bubble where you can just release, where you can confront whatever you need to confront, channel all those emotions into your performances. And they say it's a great way of venting. Instead of going to a psychologist, they come to our classes in order to release whatever tension that they have. And I also give them breathing exercises, relaxation exercises, concentration exercises. And I think that's not only applies to the acting world, but can also be applied to the real world as well. So coming back to your question, how does one step from one role into back into reality? I think it's a choice at the end of the day. You have to know where to draw the line. And I have seen uh, I've read up, and I'm sure you have as well, where you've seen and heard actors slip from reality because of the roles that they've taken. So mm. yeah, one must be very careful in that regard. Which do you think is more important, training or talent? 
chaining or talent i think it works both ways because talent is something that is either given to your god given gift or it's something that you develop over time and even if you have a skill you still have to train it's like a muscle at the end of the day you're not going to get big muscle by sitting on your ass the whole day <laughs> you know what i mean there has to be there has there has to be anything that you do for that matter if you want to be the best version of yourself or the best in your profession you need to practice on a constant basis as they say is very common saying practice makes perfect and it's true it applies to anything for that matter so when it comes to training you as an as an actor especially the world is your stage wherever you are in the shower in your room driving in your car you can perform you know so there should be nothing that holds you back from doing that because if you're passionate about something find a way to do what you need to do to get to where you need to be and to be how you should be so it works both ways talent is one thing but training has to be done on a constant basis to actually harness the talent okay how important is it to get a good agent that's a bit of a tricky one especially in uh, durban because yeah it's like free for the system in durban is very different to how the system works in johannesburg and cape town but we learning in durban um we are learning uh so when it comes to professional gigs uh, a good actor or great actor needs an agent or a representative because you need someone to speak on your behalf especially if you're getting a role on a specific show or a film and uh, it's very very important to have um an agent that is also who is someone who you can also consider and call your friend um so i have two representatives in durban uh, sasha from gobig and also kajal bagwandian from imagine works and both very powerful agents in the city um so when it comes to agent consider and uh, make sure that you are on somebody's books and make sure that you are also under their protection as well so nothing that have and people don't take advantage of you and also an agent is a sign of professionalism from the from the talent side which is the actor so yeah an agent is very very important any tips on how one can build up an acting resume now you got the technology to film yourself and uh, perform monologues i mean one of uh, my actress friends danica delare she Uh, started her own YouTube channel instead of posting on Facebook as well. Very talented actress, very versatile actress, and I think the best way to get yourself out there is to record monologues, record your favorite scenes, um, do performances in front of the camera. Don't just sit and wait for opportunities to present itself to you. You've got to make it happen as well. And I think during lockdown is the perfect time to uh, utilize the time that you have in harnessing the skill if you want to become a great actor. you've got your phone you've got your room you've got lighting you've got natural light so don't people tend to make excuses oh i don't have the right equipment to film if you got a cell phone and a camera that works wonders and by seeing yourself on screen you can criticize yourself you can critique yourself and say okay that's good but maybe i could have done this rather or maybe i should have said it that way so you learn through uh, seeing yourself on camera and then from there you 
send out your portfolio, you put out your work out there in public. I mean, even Rizelle herself, she was noticed on um, Instagram and social media platforms by uh, the director, Judy Naido, who casted her in Kings of Mulberry Street. So you never know who's watching at the end of the day. So post your stuff online and uh, each, each, each video that you post, you will see an improvement as you progress. As I said, practice makes perfect and you never know who's watching. Maybe I could be watching and I could cast you in my next film. Who knows? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you think social media plays a big role for upcoming actors? I think, I think social media plays a big role for everyone in any field for that matter. I think the world has switched on online. I think the lockdown has proven that, that everyone turns to their computer, to their cell phone, to their tablets uh, for content. You know, so mm. content creation is very, very big. I think they've done a survey where YouTube is like the second uh, biggest search engine in the world. At the moment, everyone is searching on YouTube for things and you can find content everywhere. You get the vloggers out there. You get people doing educational videos, uh, training videos. Any facet of life is on the Internet now. So don't think it's saturated. I mean, if you are capable of standing out from the rest, then do something that's unique. Do something that is different. You know, that's what you want to see. You want to see things that no one's seen before or see someone do something that no one's done before. That makes you stand out. And when it comes to acting as well, people don't want to see a good-looking face only or someone who just has great talent. It takes more than that. You have to have the whole blend of being presentable, being modest, being humble, being likable. And all of these things, it's because people always mistake that this industry is about glitz and glam, about ego and all of that. It's so much more. And I remind my students, it's not how you think it is. It's a very demanding uh, profession. And patience is one of the things that you need to learn. Because when you get on set or when you get at the studio, the one thing that they teach you is hurry up and wait. Because if you're acting in a scene that only lasts two minutes, sometimes you have to wait four to five hours before you go on set and perform those two scenes. Mm. So you have to learn you have to learn patience, you have to learn uh, etiquette because it's not about how you perform on the camera. It's also how you perform off camera with other people, mm. how you connect with other people, how you are as a person. No one wants to work with a diva, you know? Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to work with the with the with the complete a-hole. I can say that on your show. So <laughs> You can't say anything on my show. Can I even swear? No, I'd rather not. <laughs> well, uh, you are on a, a radio show, so I'm not sure how they'd feel about you swearing here. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, you have other radio shows where you're allowed, like Howard Stern and Joe Rogan, all of that. Yes. We'll keep, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it family-friendly on your show. But you, catch, but you catch my drift at the end of the day. So, okay. uh, yeah. What do you think are some of the big misconceptions about acting? Like, I think you touched on it, but just now. Mm. But Yeah. I think the biggest misconceptions is people think it's like all about the fame, all about the money. And that's what the main people think. Okay, I think I can act. Let me do it for the fame, for the name, all of that. Um, if you actually know me, Shan, you, you see that I don't like to post my private life online. And it's for good reason. I mean, it's, I think... Um, sometimes you just got to keep that mystery about yourself if you want. Um, and sometimes some people, they do it just to remain relevant. So everyone is different. I mean, different strokes for different folks. 
But I think one of the mm. major misconceptions about the craft is, is people think it's a very easy life. Um, but we've seen stories of celebrity gossip where there's so much of scandal, so much of drama happening. Some people like it. Some people try to avoid it. Some people stay under the, ra- um, under the radar where they don't want to be seen as much, or out of the radar, mm. sorry. So, yeah, so it, it all depends on the person. And when you enter this craft, as I said, it's all about who you are as a person, not just about the talent that you have. You must be likable. You must be able to interact with everyone around you. You have to have an open mind. You don't have to, you mustn't be judgmental. And I say, take that ego that you have and just leave it at the door. Just be the best version of yourself when you go on set and when you meet others and network. So Nicely put. Thank you. Is it easy to make acting a full-time career in South Africa? It's a very tough question to answer, Shan. I think uh, a lot of people dream to become full-time actors, and I I admire those uh, who have become full-time actors. Um, So there are shows in Durban where the talent here, they've taken on um, contracts where they are part of of the show. And you get the actors like myself, we just get the odd ends here and there. I mean, I dream of becoming a full-time actor. I'm sure everyone who is an actor wants to get that dream. But you have to start somewhere. I mean, I've, I'm very grateful for the roles that I've been given. Um, it's been fun roles. It's been demanding roles. It's been dramatic roles. It's been comedic roles. And it also shows that one has sort of range and versatility. And that's what makes a true actor because... Sometimes you think, oh, I don't get the role that I deserve. Let me tell you something. When a role is written, it's written for you. And mm. it's really written before you even knew it. And it comes to you, it presents to you. And it's your job to say, you know what, let me have fun in the process. But also in the same breath, you take it serious as well. Mm. What do you think has been the biggest highlight of your career thus far? As I said, I think the, my first acting gig was the biggest highlight because I got thrown in the deep end there and then. Um, it was something that, you know, was like, a, like a childhood dream come true. I know, as we said, you know, people, they uh, they dream of situations like that. Mm. I, may, I perhaps had that deep down, um, you know, that deep down craving of becoming an actor, but I guess I doubted myself. And as I said, mm. the universe sort of like jolts are here. We know your talent. Let's expose it or let's bring it to the forefront. And from then, that, that's when you, you, your faith is restored in the universe and um, to the higher power. And you saw that, you know what, whatever's meant for you is meant for you. If you can dream it, you can achieve it. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, you most certainly can achieve it. So nothing is impossible. If you're really passionate about something and you believe in yourself, don't give up. Never give up. Consistency and persistency is something that gets you to where you need to be. And always keep the faith. That's what I always believe. Keep the faith no matter what obstacles come in front of you. Those are obstacles to test you. And once you overcome those obstacles, you actually arrive at the destination that you have always desired to be. So, yeah. Since we're talking about Homeland, what was it like working with international actors and directors? Well, of course, you were thrown in the deep end. Mm. But 
I'm sure the industry is quite different or, you know, the people and how they act or how they engage with each other during shooting of a movie. What was that like compared to how it is here in South Africa? Um, it's, it's very similar because uh, when you get onto a set, it's the same format, it's the same formula. But when, you, when you're in the presence of international actors, you must understand that they are of a different level, a different caliber of performers. And they've been taught a different craft to what uh, South African actors have been taught. But when it comes to being on a set where you're working with world-class directors, world-class actors, you sort of take a step back and you just watch and you observe and you learn and you absorb as much as you can, like a sponge. And just to answer your question, what was it like? It was intimidating, extremely intimidating. Um, and you're also experiencing being starstruck at the same time, but also you have to maintain your composure as a professional. So mm-hmm. as I said, it was a lot of conflicting emotions. How do I react? Oh my God, there's a guy from Life of Pi. Oh my God, I want, I want, to, get a sel- I want to get a selfie with you. Oh my God, Claire Dane. <laughs> and then it's not like you're seeing them and you're like a huge fan and like, yeah, can I picture with you, please? Yeah, yeah. They coming and they approaching themselves to you and introducing themselves to you and saying to you, it's a pleasure to work with you. And you're like, wow. Mm. P- pinch me. Is this real? You know? So, wow. yeah, it was very intimidating, but it was a huge, huge learning experience, which I have taken from that time till now, and I appreciate it. Mm. What are some of the mistakes you wished you could have avoided when you started off in the industry? I think I wasn't the, the best frame of mind when I got uh, that major role. But I guess now that I think about it, everything happens for a reason. And whatever happens to you in your life was meant for, you, for it to happen. So it was a very rocky road at first, because as I said, I was going through um, that breakup. And even in that same year, my father passed away. So mm-hmm. it was a lot to take in. And my behavior wasn't uh, who I was at the time. So there was sort of like a hiatus that I went through, a sort of like a, I had some personal space that I had to deal with. But in that mm. time frame that I had to experience what I experienced, I learned so much more about myself. And from then till now, you might, I might say I regret being like that, but now I appreciate that I went through that because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So when it comes to answering said. when it comes to answering your questions, I think a lot of us may have regrets in life, but sometimes it's those regrets and those moments that make us grow as people and hopefully makes makes us grow as better people, a better version of ourselves. Wow. It's it's quite interesting hearing all this come from you. Um, Why are you not? You didn't hear the side of me before. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. So it's very interesting. Okay. Lots of good advice and tips. Okay. So before you go, I want to play mm-hmm. a little game with you. This is quite okay. interesting. You don't know what questions are coming. <laughs> hmm. 
I don't want you to think about it. You just so should I be worried? What... No, no. You can do this. You can do this. <laughs> Okay. You need to just say what's on your mind and you have to be very fast. So you literally have like three seconds. Uh, okay. Are you, okay. Are you ready? Sure. Let's go. What would be your superpower? Uh, flying. Which fictional character would you be most excited to meet in real life? Uh, Batman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who do you look up to as an actor or a director? As an actor, I look up to Daniel Day-Lewis, three-time Academy Award winner for Best Actor, very versatile actor, an actor that has blown me away. And then on the same page, if I can, Heath Ledger is always someone that sort of triggered something in me. He was an aspiring filmmaker, but he was a very talented actor. So... Um, those two as actors. Director, my favorite director is Christopher Nolan and his latest movie is coming out at the end of July called Tenet. And he's the director of Inception, the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Memento, um, Insomnia, The Prestige, all A-class movies. So if you want to find out uh, which are the best movies to watch, Christopher Nolan's movies are the best. Because that was my next question. What is your favorite movie and your least my, favorite movie? <laughs> my favorite movie, I'd say, is The Dark Knight. That's a no-brainer. If, if anyone that knows me, I think that was the movie that sort of changed my life. And that people people sometimes laugh at why I say that, but it goes beyond just being a Batman movie. It was how the movie was approached, the story behind the movie, how it was approached, how how the actors took on the roles. Um, the performances that they gave, the storytelling, the cinematography, the writing, the production design. It just took me into this whole world, which I still, till this day, um, 12 years later, can't even believe how they made this movie. And Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, one of my all-time favorite performances of all time. My least favorite movie? Um... Mm. Well, I'm currently watching a stupid movie on Netflix called Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. And I think it's it's silly, but it's entertaining. So, yeah, I can't actually pinpoint any... I think maybe The Human Centipede was like the worst movie I watched. It's very silly, but hey. All movies okay. are entertaining. Yeah. Best piece of advice you received? The best piece of revi- advice I received was uh, oof, it's a tough one. I think, I think, I think it was my brother that told me that if you're going to do something, you'd rather do something that you're passionate about. I think that stood out for me and that made me pursue the life that I am in right now. So, yeah, that did play a big role growing up. Yeah. What would you like remembered about you? That I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think everyone wants to leave this planet on a positive note, and I just want to be remembered as someone who made someone feel good about themselves and about who they are. And yeah, because as the saying goes from Maya Angelou, people will forget what you said and did, 
but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So I hope that I I perform the, the latter, where I make people feel good when I encounter them. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zaheer, for being on Drinks with Chan. This was very entertaining. I think I got to know you a little better. Thank you and so much Yes, we'll see you on the screens and hear you on the radio. Where can we find you? Because now you say you're not really on social media. Um, I, as I said, just have to watch the spaces. I'll pop up when you least expect it. And that's the beauty of it. <laughs> okay. But if you want to hear more of him, you can catch him on radio. Channel, you can catch him on, on radio. Channel Islam International, CIIRadio.com. And you can also stream us on the DSTV Audio Bouquet, channel 865, every Monday to Friday between 7 and 9 a.m.